hear me? Hey, how's it going? Okay, good. So, so now this is recording, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, that's what it says. So, are you in the app? Well, it. I just hit your uh, the link. Just hit the thing. I was looking at the app, and it just hit it, and so it opened it up. Oh, did it open up itself, or did you have to hit the link that I sent you? I, I hit the link you sent me. Oh, okay. Cool. Sweet. Nice. Yeah, I've never done this before, so it'll be cool to see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, so how will we know if it works? <laughs> well, I'll hit, when we're done, I'm, I don't know what your screen looks like, but mine has a button to finish recording. And then... Okay. Yeah, so I've just joined you. Yeah, yeah. So I'm posting so, it, and then you join. Could this be something that people could join into, yeah. almost like a talk radio thing? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, that, that would be fun, no? Yeah, I think so. I think it'd be really cool. So, yeah. If we're gonna, I, go ahead. I think if we're going to do that, we have to have a, an exact time each week so people know they can join in. Yeah, yeah. So, because that's the hardest thing is, like, I have a – crappy work schedule to begin with right now plus a three-hour time difference so once we can establish like a good time to meet up and talk like for, for me most this time on saturdays is usually a good time but we could we could try to figure out times during the week too you know but, yeah because i wonder if uh if saturday morning we get less people participating oh you think so yeah because because I think whether it be uh, talk radio or anything like that, a lot of people listen during the week. Oh, right. Well, okay. The thing with the podcast, though, is you record it and then you post it and then people can listen to it anytime. So, because. Right. But I mean, could we do a podcast where, like, so you sent me the link and I joined in, right? Right. Yeah. But I'm I guess going. if you had so many people joining in at once, it would uh, it'd get. If you'd just be talking over one another. Right. Yeah. In order to do it, you're, what you're thinking about is a live broadcast. Um, right. Where, like, like, you and I would be talking and other people could just, like, let's say, go on YouTube or something and watch a live episode of us talking. You know, so they can't contribute, but they just watch us. So, but um, right now, you and I are the only ones who are hearing this conversation. And then it's being recorded. And then... Um, I'll go back through and edit it and then post it. And then anyone can listen to our conversation that we had. So but yeah, what, we could, what we could do is like on Saturdays, be like, hey, uh, I'm just using this as an example. You know, maybe you got someone that you want to bring on and talk, talk with or something. And all three of us could have this conversation, record it Saturday morning, and then after we're done, it gets posted. And now... I've seen people post, post their podcasts on YouTube also. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, this app, because there's all these different platforms to post podcasts to. Uh -huh. So, this app is kind of, like, they're really nice because you can record it. They give you tools to edit, like, everything you need to edit the podcast. And then they will post it platform you can imagine. So, like, YouTube... Um, Apple Podcast is a big one. There's all, I'm trying to think, let's see. There's all these different ways. You, let's see, Breaker, CastBox, Google Podcast, Radio Public, Spotify, Stitcher. Like, there's just a whole list. 
of um, places where you can put it. So, like, that's kind of my my goal is I, I want us to get, like, I, I think I'll start just, like, playing around and, and kind of pr trying to promote it a little bit, like, right away. Um, but my main thing is I, 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 my goal would be to get five hours of content together and then begin, like, kind of maybe set up a Twitter page and different things like that where we can um, promote the podcast, but then um, to really start hammering away, like once you have at least five hours, at least there's some substance there, you know? Like right. If, if someone's like, hey, I like this, like what else do they have to, to for me to listen to? Like they can keep, you know, they have five hours of something that they can dig into. Um, Instead of like just one episode and they're like okay cool you know <laughs> now do we want to maybe have questions in advance that we can prepare for yeah yeah totally um basically the format of podcasts like have you listened to any podcasts recently or any like do you have any like reference or background with podcasts you know i uh I used to, I think these were podcasts that I used to listen to these guys that um, they were just, uh, I was writing to work on this side job that I was doing with these guys and these, they would pull up these podcasts that. Hey, there you are. I, I don't know what happened there. It just stopped. <laughs> I don't either. It looks, you, did you hit, you didn't hit any buttons. On I didn't touch system. anything. I wonder well, if I think we I think we'd reached like the five minute mark and then it bumped us off. So I hope there's there should be able to keep talking for hours if you wanted to. So I don't I don't know what happened there either. Okay, so but when I go to the app, when I go to the app, I would I couldn't figure out how to start the conversation. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. And like um I, I think it's still silly that I have to send you a link to your um, to your text messages, basically, for you to join, you know? So I think that's a little silly. Um, but basically, like, all I did was I just hit, I went to the recording area, and then I hit add friends, and then that started a session, and I, I sent you the link, and then you joined the session. So hopefully they, it doesn't bump us off after every five minutes because that would get really old really quick. <laughs> yeah, well you couldn't you you couldn't finish thoughts, but that wouldn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. So the, this is the whole point of a dry run is working out the kinks and figuring out how to use it right. You know, <laughs> we we might end up deciding you know maybe that we don't like using this app. Maybe we just want to go straight to YouTube and just record on YouTube or something, you know, and do a live recording on YouTube. Might, might end up going that route. I don't know. So, anyways, technology is a pain, but once, once we'll get it figured out. So, but. so if you do a live recording on YouTube, um, is it posted while you're recording? Yes. Yeah, people can watch it and they can comment while you're recording, but they can't participate unless you have, you know, added them to your conversation, basically. So. And what would they be, <clears throat> can you put up just a picture? What would they be watching? Or would they be actually watching you talking? Yeah, so if we have cameras, they can just be, you know, 
um, like, have you ever done a Skype message with, with someone? Yeah. Like yeah. It would basically be like that, and it would just be recorded and, and put on there. Um, so if we had cameras, we could do that. Otherwise, yeah, it'll just be like a picture with us talking, you know. But then, like, I can I can pull that audio and put it into a podcast format and put it on all these different platforms, like the Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever it is. So I think long term it will help if we can record with cameras. But what I really like about just using the phone is it's simple and it's mobile, and um, you know, and, and most people when they listen to podcasts they they don't watch the video. They're driving right. the car or they're sitting at work, bored out of their mind, you know. And so, and people want something to occupy their time, but something meaningful too. But yeah, the the whole format, like the medium of podcasts, I think it's so cool because basically, all it is is it's. Are you still there? Can you hear me? Yeah, I'm still here now. Sure. I'm watching sure. the clock to see if it yeah. bumps at five. I know, me too. Um, but basically, um, it's just like, you know, how you and I will go to the coffee shop and talk, or like we went to the firehouse grill and we just had a conversation. It's exactly that, but just recorded. And there's like this complete, um, like, like some of the big themes of the podcast medium is, um, we live in an, in an age of authenticity. So people really value, um, things that are authentic and imperfect and, not contrived and planned out ahead of time um but people also um like we we live in an age of loneliness people are really bored and lonely and when two people are having conversations there's just something really attractive about that because you get to sit in on a conversation and you just get to be a fly on the wall you just get to listen to what two people are saying and the things that they're talking about are interesting i mean it's it's way more fun you know than like watching like some cable news show where these hosts have like a whole crew and they have like a whole script that they're adhering to and an entire appearance and presentation they have to give versus just like two ordinary people having a really cool conversation about anything, you know, and that, that's the, the real attraction to the podcast format is it's literally just, it, it's not an interview. Um, it's not a dialogue. It's not a, an essay. It's literally just a conversation. Just two people, two or so, more people so having a conversation. We just passed the five minute mark. Oh my God. <laughs> so I don't know why. I don't know why it bumped us off before. <laughs> I wonder if it was just a bad connection. Maybe it didn't say. It just said no. it was ended. <laughs> so. Yeah, so we'll have to figure it out. I mean, this, hopefully that doesn't keep happening. But now, how do people? How do people um, find podcasts? Um, so, I personally use Apple Podcasts. Um, so, anything on the Apple platform is, you know, like iTunes, things like that. Apple Music, Apple Podcasts that they have a huge listener base to begin with. So that's, that's a big one is people search on there. Um, the number one podcast in the world is the Joe Rogan experience. So I don't know if you know that or not. I don't know how much you know about Joe Rogan. Isn't um, he the, the, he's a, like a, uh, he was a commentator kind of, he was yeah. a comedian MMA guy. 
Yeah, yeah, he's the commentator on the UFC. Um, he's probably the number two or number three comedian in the United States right now. Um, he was the host on the Fear Factor, which was uh-huh. like the most like popular reality TV show back in the day, like the late '90s, early 2000s. Um, but he just started podcasts just for the fun of it, and um, and he's he was the number one podcaster back when you and I hung out all the time, back when I was living in California. Um, but it was just like, I, I never took it too seriously because I thought podcasts were kind of like MySpace. I thought it was just a format that was going to die. And it turns out that that format has become really popular and um, really influential too. But um, yeah, I think what I'll do, I don't know if you have a lot of time to like listen to, to podcasts, I'll send you a link to his podcast with Jordan Peterson. Do you know who Jordan Peterson is? Jordan Peterson. Is that not the theologian? He's not a theologian. He's a college professor in Toronto, Canada. And um, he's been really taking big hits at um, the gender identity conversation in our, in our country and, um, the, he started started with the gender identity thing because he refused to um, use preferred fo- pronouns. Canada passed a law that said you had to use a person's preferred pronoun or you could risk losing your job. And he said, no, I'm not doing that because it's compelled speech and um, only fascists compel people to say certain things. Um, and so he started this whole... Um, controversy around that and then into him going on a speaking tour he went on the joe rogan podcast and 30 or forty thousand. he would just post his college lectures on youtube he had maybe 30 or forty thousand followers on youtube and he said to joe rogan he's like youtube is an amazing format because i you know i teach maybe two two to five hundred students a year on YouTube, I've just reached 30,000 people. That's, my, that's more than my entire career in, in one episode, you know? Well, now he has millions of followers and he ended up um, publishing a book. It was one of like the top selling books of this year, but it all started, I'll, I'll send you the link. Cause I mean, I, th- I think you'll find his views really interesting, but that's the kind of influence that, um, you know, podcasts are having now which is, is crazy to think about. Yeah, it is. Well, <clears throat> you know, it reminds me a little bit of self-publishing where before you had to get the publisher's approval to publish a book. Now you can self-publish. So there's books out there that normally wouldn't have been out there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, breaking out the middleman. Right? Yeah. You know, c- cable news is dying. Um, pu- you know, the music industry has completely collapsed because everyone's an yeah. indie artist now. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of good things about that. The, um, you know, the destabilizing of like corporate media. Really cool. So yeah, I think so too. So yeah, but so so we just passed ten minutes. So I guess that was just a blip. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> hopefully hopefully nothing else happens 
So are, on your phone, are you connected to Wi-Fi right now? Or are you using- No, well, on my phone right now, it just, I hit the, the link that you sent, mm-hmm. and it just says two people are recording, and it just says me and you, and then it shows the time. Okay, okay. Mine has a button at the bottom, and I can hit finish recording. So it lets me end Okay, so I, I don't have that button. So, But that's fine, because okay. I don't need that button, because you can end it. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So, so, but yeah, but like, what one of the things that kind of why I'm, I'm excited by the idea of doing this is um, a long time ago, like, you know, you had a lot of influence on me in a very short period of time, too. It was probably like a little over a year that like we talked and really got to know each other. But like, one of the things that you challenged me on was you should go out and start mentoring other people. And I, I tried that a little bit but it never really took, got any traction. And, um, and I've always felt like, man, like, like it's always been in the back of my head. Like there's, it's like, I should work to have influence, have a, a positive impact on other people too. And, um, and I've never really known how to do it. So I kind of have hopes like, you know, maybe if, um, e- even if like we could build a small audience, like maybe I think it'd be a really cool way to kind of fulfill that challenge that you gave to me a long time ago. And ironic that, you know, to do it with you too. I think that'd be really ironic, but yeah, that'd be, but, um, you know, um, anyways, what, what do you think about the, uh, (laughs) I I wrote like a description. Let me see. Let me see view profile. So this is what I wrote for description. I'm really curious to what you think about it. Um, we have conversations about the unsettling demise of Christianity in the United States while unwinding its fatal entanglement with politics. So you and I have talked about like how politics kind of brings Christianity down a little bit. It seems like it has been. Right. Um, and then I, I wrote another part of it. Curious what you think about this too. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you appreciate or if you're okay with this description, but I, I called you a ragamuffin pastor. Is that fair? Do you, is that okay? Like... <laughs> What do you think about that discussion? Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's funny because um, uh, while I was, uh, after watching that movie, and I know there was some stuff in that guy's book, The Ragamuffin Gospel, yeah, that I probably wouldn't have agreed, that I know I wouldn't agree with, yeah. I was thinking that I really liked that title because that name would attract the discontented. Yeah. Of, and so, uh, of yeah, I'm, I'm the word ragamuffin. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. Okay, because like I know you look at yourself and you want to call yourself that, but what you got to realize is from the from the outside looking in, like you you have this church that you're leading, and it's mostly people, a lot of people off the street, a lot of like really humble people. And you don't collect any money. You you have two coffee cans at the back of your church, one for uh, pastors and one for what are the two cans for? One was to and one is for a pastor that runs an orphanage in Haiti, yeah. and and the other is to buy chicken and goats for people in yeah. Haiti. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> you know, and it's like just to me that is essence. You know, I wish every church was like that. And um, I just, I, I really, 
I really wish that that kind of authenticity, like, like you, you just, you didn't have a focus, any focus groups. You didn't have a team. You just like went out and you're like, yeah, I'm just going to start a church and, and I'm going to invite people. And, and this is how we run it. This is our format. And, um, you know, and that's it. You know, and, and it seems like your church has been ridiculously successful. Um, so, yeah. Well, I would think that our, our desire is we don't, we're not going to get the person that listens to say maybe John Piper or John MacArthur. Um, although those are excellent Bible teachers. Yeah. We, we are, our ultimate goal is to get the, maybe the disenfranchised, the unchurched or the ex-church people that kind of feel like the same way. Like, you know, is this church or is this a pep rally for the Republican party? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, so, you know, that, that might be our goal. Yeah. I, I, I agree. You know, and, and the thing about, sorry to dance, I'm, I'm dancing around a little bit here. Um, but, um, some of some of my goals like with having a podcast is like just some rules um number one the goal is not to agree on everything like you and i may not agree on anything and i hope like we just you know realize like that's kind of the point is it's like i'm a really young guy i'm still i have developed a lot of views for myself i'm still developing i don't view myself as a finished product um, I view you as someone who has a lot more experience and, and has spent a lot more time developing your views than I have. Um, but also, I think it's really representative or, or helpful. I think it could be helpful for a lot of people because I'm kind of on the older end of the millennial spectrum. And that's a, a, a generation of people that seems to be really struggling right now. And then... I don't know what generation you would fall into, but you're someone who is really down to earth and, and approachable and has a lot of common sense views, um, but almost kind of have, you have that mentor role. And I think there's a lot of people out there that don't, especially young men who don't have that. And they have, like, I, I feel like I was just blessed beyond belief to have found you through Steve Doucette all those years ago. And I don't think most young men um, even if they would like to have that, they don't even know where to begin. They don't even know who to ask or how to find someone who could play that kind of role. You know, well, that, that's um, that's really kind of you to say. I, I, but I think the key factor is you had a desire. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because there's a lot of younger people that don't, and then there's a, um, you know, as I watch what's what's taking place now, uh, and then when I hear these terms like toxic masculinity and, <laughs> and I, and I, and I look at certain stuff and um, one of the, the phrases that I've been finding myself saying a lot lately is how did we get here? <laughs> you know I, mean? and I, and I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't even say that in a, in a, in a self-righteous or what, you know, but, yeah. So I remember when I was working at Lowe's, there was a young man there and, and, you know, it I was really surprised about this young man was his political views were very uh, Republican. 
Mm. You know, he, you you would um, you would think he was a Republican talk radio host, but yet um, his morality and his his drug use and 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 um, when I asked him about the gender role thing, he would say, "Well, for you, it's different." because you were raised one way, but we've been raised different. So even this guy who by political standards would have fallen into a political uh, Republican conservative, the, the whole millennial worldview had crept into everything. Yeah. Yeah. And that was really surprising to me because, um, you know, for my generation, you know, Republicans, uh, always kind of tried to hold themselves up as the bastion of righteousness. Um, now they're just more concerned about, Hey, if you let those uh, evil Democrats take over, they'll take all your money and give it to poor people. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, we're at a weird time. And, and um, I think it, for my generation, the absolute worst thing we can do is just shake our head and go, oh, these millennials are idiots right. and realize that they, they don't even have a compass. Right. Or if they have a compass, it's broken. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know about you, but in my life, when I was a young man, it was very difficult for me to listen to things because, you know, you're at that age where you're just coming into your own. And so yeah. I, I don't I don't think the answer is to say, hey, look, your compass is all screwed up. That's why you're all screwed up. Right. I, I think the way to do it is say, OK, so this is kind of what I see and this is what you see. Do you see where we're different and why are we different? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's a way to dialogue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that's the only meaningful way I've ever been able to have, um, like, conversations about difficult topics, about topics around religion or politics with people, is to take that kind of approach of, like, almost like an objective approach. You know, like, sure. You know, like you're being logical, you're, you're just, you're, um, you know, posing questions and, you know, respecting their beliefs, but also saying, okay, I can see the merits of your, of your perspective. Um, what do you think about this aspect? Like, does this feel logical to you? Or does this, in, if you put your beliefs into this scenario, how would you say that the scenario should play out? You know, those kind of the role playing and those kind of things. But yeah. And, and, you know, sometimes if you, you, if you, uh, and, and I always tell this to people when they want to witness the gospel is um, one of the most effective ways to engage people is to wholeheartedly listen to what they say um, and not like be chomping with the bit of, okay, here's my five points to bonk you on the head with the Bible and show you what a horrible person you are. And, and, you know, they may be a horrible person, but um, so a lot of times I'll ask someone what they believe, why they believe it. Have they always believed that what made them change? I mean, obviously these are rapid fire questions, but it, it's in a dialogue. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and then um, if, if there's a point that we differ on, I, I will say something like, you know, I don't, I'm not, I don't see that that way. Help me to understand why you do. Because now it's not a debate. It's a trial. It's a dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so if I, in, in most cases, if I treat you with uh, respect 
and listen in most cases, not in every case, obviously, but the people will respond the same way. I remember one time I was, I was witnessing to a lady. Uh, we were all sitting around a kitchen table. There was a bunch of us and she would say something and she would say, do you understand what I'm saying? And I would say, I, I understand. I just don't agree. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, and then even at that, um, I, I, I don't know if I would word that differently where now I might in hindsight say, I, I understand what you say, but I don't think I agree because I feel this way. You know what I mean? So in other words, um, you know, but I'm, when I say I understand, I just don't agree. What I'm saying is I get your point. We just have a different view. Yeah. I'm not saying you're, an idiot. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying this is my view, yeah. you know, and, 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 you know, even this morning, my wife and I were having this conversation about, um, you know, people have given pastors far too much power in their lives, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where pastors get involved in things they were never supposed to be involved in. And, and I, I heard a question and answer with John MacArthur one time, and a, and a lady said to him, how much authority should a pastor have in your life? And MacArthur goes, none. <laughs> the word of God should have authority in your life. <laughs> You, you know what I mean? Don't ask that. Oh, don't ask Francis Chan that question. <laughs> so, but, but do you see the problem is when we, when when we give uh, a pastor, like I I know people that their pastor tells them, oh, you shouldn't date this person or you shouldn't do that, and I'm not even talking about biblical violations. You know what I mean? Like I knew a, a a pastor of a big church that he said, you should know on the first date, if that's the person you're going to marry. And, and if you don't know, then you shouldn't have a second date. And everyone in the congregation just kind of repeated that mantra, but that's ridiculous. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, it's and just, so it's just his opinion. I mean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, and then you go, so, so some, what I always say to people that are Christians when they'll say something to me and I'll say, um, what, what Bible verse would you base it on? You know what I mean? So if you said to me, you shouldn't date anyone after the first date, if you don't think you're going to marry them, I would say, where, where do you see that in the scripture? Yeah. And then I would say, cause I know it's true in my life. How many people have you met and you were sure about them? You turned out to be absolutely wrong. Yeah, it's really true. You know what I mean? Really How often has that happened? And so those are things that we need to, uh, I, I think, I, I think it's really important that, that those of us that are, are older Christians uh, be honest and admit we don't know everything. And um, so, you know, in, in, in your generation's world, there are just things that didn't exist. Like it, when I was coming up, there was, there wasn't even the word podcast. Yeah. And like you say, now millions of people, um, millions of people listen to them. So yeah. there's all, all kinds of, uh, it can go both ways. And, and even, and, and the reason I say that, yeah, because yeah, Titus says older with the younger, but Paul specifically told Timothy, don't let anyone look down on you because of your youth. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, but I think what happens is because we're in such a youth driven culture that uh, people my age tend to recoil real easy. Mm-hmm. And it's really easy just to dismiss people as, Oh, what do they know? They don't listen. They're young. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. At the same time for the younger people, it's easy to say, man, those, un- those older people, what do they know? They don't even know what a podcast, you know what I mean? So it's a two way street. Oh yeah. 
but I, I think ultimately the core of people haven't changed. It's just the dressing on the outside and the message that they're getting. But, but I think the heart of man, uh, whether it be a street gang, a motorcycle club, a golf club, a archery club, the heart of man desires to be part of something bigger than himself. And that really is where the body of Christ comes in. And I think, um, in my opinion, my experience is we say the scriptures say there's hands, feet, you know, there's different parts of the body. Mm-hmm. But we don't tend to mingle. Like if we're fingers, we don't tend to mingle with anyone that isn't a finger. Right. And so what that does is that alienates the other 90% of the body. Yeah. And so those would be topics I would love to discuss. Uh, I, you know, cause I'm sure I can learn from you. I'm sure I can learn from things from your generation. And I'd be very curious to see, what kind of input people would have. Yeah, me too. Um, you know? Yeah. And I, I think, like, going back to, um, like, one of the first points you're making is, um, like, how you approach people. Um, like, that that really is the, the core of so much of the dissension or, or the, the division and the uh, partisanship in politics is this whole... Um, approach of if someone does appeal to your views, find the worst thing you can say about them to to break break their view into the the worst common denominator possible and then pigeonhole them and and denounce them based on like some emotional thing. Like if for instance, like um, in the, in the abortion debate, I think, I think the argument that, uh, pro-choicers like to kill babies is a very poor argument and it's a really easy way to, to just shut down the conversation because because right. if, if you're pro-choice and, and you um, believe in killing babies if you like to kill babies how, how can you have a conversation from there you know there's got obviously people who are pro-choice do not like seeing babies killed you know um, so they have there's a reason why they have those views you know or on, on the same side, like people who are, um, you know, on the left, like if, if you want our like immigration in the United States to have some form of control, you're a racist, you know, and yep. it's, it's like, uh, how, do you, how do you have a conversation from there? Because you, you just attacked the core of that person's motives, giving it the worst possible meaning possible. You know, you're, you're a Nazi, basically. And yeah. So, yeah, I think that's really big. And, and like, I'm, I'm right there with you. Like, it's like all these topics, like, they're huge in our country. And um, one of my big um, gripes, not gripes, but observations, I, I do believe Christianity is in decline in our country. That would be an interesting conversation to have to see if you feel the same way. Um, you know, how do you measure if something's in decline or not? You know, that just starting there. But um, I think one of the big reasons is because um, mainstream Christianity, or maybe not even mainstream, but just all the Christians as a whole, um, bodies as a whole in our country, are not taking charge and not taking lead in these conversations. You know, like I I was just thinking about it. I, I wrote this whole list down. Gender and identity rights, abortion, immigration, global warming, mental health and gun rights. Crime and homelessness, drug addiction, evolution, and the reliance on science and sexuality. Name one of those issues like that's talked about in our political sphere right now where Christians have had the leading argument or the leading dialogue. 
you know, if, if we're supposed to be the salt of the earth, how, how can we be the salt of the earth if we're not contributing in really any meaningful way to any of those topics as far as I've seen? So, um, yeah, and you know, it's funny if because when you were reading off those topics, except for maybe, um, sexuality but sexuality covers a, such a broad sphere but yeah. um i mean that's the dividing line of the country right now yeah and and, and and what i think is what i think is there are some people on both sides that share common views on some of those topics but they would never admit that because those are the battle cry of their team right you know right. What I mean? and, and so like i told you i, I have some black friends that uh, I, I readily identify as uh, good Christian brothers and sisters who love the Lord, mm -hmm. but they, it's unconceivable to them that a Christian could be a Republican. Yeah. And I, I have Republican friends that I believe are good Christian people that love the Lord who believe it's unconceivable that a Christian could be a Democrat. And, and you think to yourself, you know, people get hung up on, okay, Trinity's not in the Bible, uh, Rapture's not in the Bible. Well, Democrat and Republican are not in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, I, I've heard people say that um, voting for Trump was the Christian choice, you know, and I, I just always thought that was such a weird thing to say. Like, um, like I know I know you said that you had your, your reasons why you voted for Trump and it was about abortion, um, but like to say that he was the christian choice i feel like that's such a strange thing to say because yeah while he he um has been supportive of abortion rights and um if that's if that's your big battle cry i think he's probably done more than any president for the abort the pro always oh, getting mixed up pro the pro-life argument i think he's done more pro-lifers than any president in recent times but um like Okay, he's been remarried three times. He has all these affairs right. with porn stars. Okay, so yeah. does he uphold your views on marriage? You know, it's or, you know, all kinds of different aspects of him. Like, it, I, I just felt like that was such a strange. It was obviously a very emotional statement to sure. make, but so like no rationality in that at all. Like how, like okay, if 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 you've settled in your mind that you're a Christian and you're going to vote for Trump good for you. I mean, that's, that's your choice, you know? Um, but the idea that, that one side or the other is the Christian choice is so weird to me, you know? And see, that's, I think, and see, see, that's, uh, I think that's a, a major thing where we've gotten off track as to re, to assume that because someone's a Republican, they're a Christian is, is ridiculous. And so uh, with the Trump thing, it's almost, to me, I use the brain surgery analogy. Let's say you, you had, a severe brain cancer or something and you needed the uh, uh, the best brain surgeon that money could buy would you want the best brain surgeon or would you want a christian brain surgeon <laughs> yeah it's a really good point <laughs> because you would want the best and yeah. so you know even 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 jesus said that the sons of this world are wiser in the things of the world than the believers i'm paraphrasing but yeah. so yeah so like if, if you're going to do brain surgery I want the best brain surgeon. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I don't, I don't want a mediocre brain surgeon if there is such a thing. Cause I don't even know that you can be a mediocre brain surgeon cause you have to be so smart to be one. Right. But for the sake of the discussion, I, I, I don't want a mediocre brain surgeon just because he's not a, a, just because he's a Christian. Right. Exactly. Even there's that, um, 
there's a commercial that's playing right now and the whole emphasis of the commercial is okay is not okay and 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 this guy's getting um a tattoo and uh he says uh he, he tells the guy getting the tattoo don't worry i'm one of the tattoo artists on the street and he goes you mean you're one of the best and he goes no i'm just one of them you know and that's the whole emphasis of the commercial is okay it's not okay yeah so but i think that's interesting yeah i thought the idea of um the the idea that a uh, an evangelical faith believing president is the best kind of president was uh disproven with george w bush you know (laughs) or jimmy carter Oh, was he? Oh man, I didn't know. I thought he was like a super liberal guy. I didn't know that he was like a, a faithful. Leader. He claimed to be a born again Christian. Oh, I didn't realize and, that. But but his his life afterwards has definitely. I mean, he's been very active in habitat in uh, habitat yeah. in humanity. He's yeah. been very active in that. But I would uh, not just from things I've seen and heard with his views on certain things. I I don't know that. Um, that he would line up with a lot of evangelicals, but even like the thing with, you know, he's older and it's like, it's like with Billy Graham. I don't, I don't, I think that may have been you and I that talked about this, you know, Billy Graham has been a godly man for so many years. And he was, you know, when he's, um, you know, very, very old. And he, he says some things to just prounce on them and try to denounce his whole career because of things he may have said as an old man where the mind starts to fade, I think is horrible. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, that's a whole topic in itself is our society has no, um, no, no measurement of, or, or no, uh, no scale of, of right and wrong. You know, it's, it's just black and white. It's like either, either you're, you know, you made this one mistake. So now you have to lose your whole career or, yeah. Yeah, or you said something in 2005, so now you have to lose your whole career. You know, I think think that Americans, and I'm an American, so I can include myself in this, we're some of the most most entitled people on the planet. (laughs) And, and, And the more entitled you feel you are in life, the unhappier you become. Yeah. And so when you become really uh, unhappy and you have this whole thing about entitlement, you, what you do is you want to, you just want to tear people down because it makes you feel better about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Jordan and, and, Peterson talks about that a lot. It's like the, what's that? Jordan Peterson talks about that a lot about how we've been living in a society where the, the, the basis for people's worldview is, is I exist to experience happiness I, I should right. feel happy. Like, look at all of our con- all that our country has accomplished. I should be happy. And um, and then one of the big topics he talks about is he's like, happiness is never a an end goal. It's a horrible end goal to have because you'll never reach it. Um, but he's like, ha- happiness is just like one of the scenes that you enjoy in the journey of life. Let's say. And he's like the you know obstacles and challenges. Are, is what life is about, you know, and embracing obstacles and challenges and, and, um, ex, you know, embracing fear and pain and struggle, you know, that that's the only way you will experience some happiness in life. And that's all that you can expect. 
you know. But. You know, as we're as we're talking, I, I'm looking out in the park and there's that playground and there's a young mother and she has her baby and her baby has obviously those leg deformities where they're, you know, they're not going to be able to walk correctly. Uh-huh. So she's walking in this walker and um, but yet she's experiencing so much joy that she's just at the park with her mom. She doesn't right. realize, you know what I mean? And, right. and, and so I, I remember, uh, I remember meeting a guy who had become paralyzed in a, I think I may have told you about this guy. He'd become paralyzed in a motorcycle accident and from his waist down. And he had built this really nice chopper and it had a little side plate and he would, and the side plate had a wheel and he would wheel himself up in his wheelchair. He would climb onto his chopper and he would Velcro his feet to the floorboards, reach around and pick up the wheelchair and stick it on that platform with the wheel and take off down the road. And later that evening when I was at a dinner that he was at, um, I didn't know him when I first saw him. And so when I saw him later in the evening, he was telling me a little bit about his story. And the first thing he said to me was, uh, you know what the first thing you learn when you become paralyzed is? And I go, no, what is that? He goes, people that can walk whine about everything. <laughs> and, and so, you know, it's just your your uh, your perspective. And yet um, I heard a friend of mine was telling me about someone they knew that had lost their legs in, I believe it was Afghanistan and hit. And, and so I, I, his view was if you have legs, you never have a reason to be unhappy. So quit complaining, but he had become embittered and, and, and I don't know how I would handle it. I'm not looking down on him, but I saw another guy who had lost his legs in Afghanistan. And uh, he said, somebody asked me, how can I be so happy not having legs? And I asked him, how can you be unhappy with legs? <laughs> so, a lot of it is your perspective. And I think in America, we have this entitlement perspective. And I do think that there's a, um, a, a, a leaning on that entitlement thing where I want big brother to take care of me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And because the people in power, regardless of, of Democrat or Republican, none of them live in the same world that you and I live in. And, and so whether it be they're surrounded by security or any, they don't live in the same world we do, but their job is to convince the masses that they do. And I think that's one of the things that Trump was good at is here's a billionaire that connected with the working man. How does that yeah. even happen? Yeah. I was, how, yeah. Does that, how does that even happen? Yeah. So I was thinking about that too. Cause, um, I, I read some article, it was like in early January, we're at end of January right now, but early January, and it was during the shutdown, and it said like, is this, or is, is Trump the biggest failure of all time, or something like that, and I was thinking about it, I was like, this guy um, has, has lived in, in a t- at the top of a tower, a, a gold-laden tower in New York City for decades of his life. He's in his like mid seventies, I think. He uh, he decides to run for president. It's the second time he tried. His first time he failed. It's only his second try ever running for president. Um, not only does he st- secure the entire party nomination, 
as a Republican. But then, um, despite being told that <laughs> believing himself that he was going to lose, he won the, um, the Electoral College, became president, and has now changed the entire course of politics. Um, yeah. I mean, our country will never be the same again. You know, no. and and um, it's like, oh yeah, I guess he is kind of a failure. It's like, how, how do you how do you how do you assess that? Like, like yeah, like, I I love like reading these these uh, judgmental articles from from reporters, uh, these opinion pieces about Trump about how he's a failure, and it's like, okay, well, who who exactly are you? Like, like, yeah. like what what have you done with your life? You know, that like during the shutdown, there was this one article about um, it. It was from Vox. I, I don't even know who the the author was, but it started out um, with the measure. It, it has been said that the measure of a good president is um, not what his agenda is, but how much he's willing to give up to to achieve his agenda or something like that. And I was like, like. Just reading that first sentence, I was like, "Shut up! Like, you don't know anything. Like, you've done nothing with your life. You you write articles and post them on the internet. You have zero credibility. Yeah. How how are you judging this guy? You know? And it's not to say that he's flawless. Like, I did not vote for Trump, and I I swing back. I'm I'm the epitome of a swing voter. Like, I swing back and forth every day about whether I'd vote for him in 2020. Um, I'm closer to voting for him now." in 2020 than I was in 2016, you know, but um, it's just, it, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, anyways, what, yeah, people that walk whine about everything. There, there's also um, a story I heard, um, a guy, I think it was a, a man or a woman who was running an Ironman, their first Ironman marathon, or, huh? I, or Ironman's a triathlon. It's like one of the most brutal races in, in the world um and the last leg of it is running and running to the finish line and really wanted to give up and saw this guy in a wheelchair who was competing in the iron man and the person thought to himself you know like this guy has no legs and he's competing i may be in a world of pain but at least i can still feel my legs and just embracing the, the sensation of like, yeah, I'm, I'm, instead of saying I'm going to need to stop because my legs are in pain, reversing that mentality and saying I'm going to keep going because I have legs that feel pain. This is amazing that I can feel, you know, and that's, yeah. that kind of mentality is really pivotal to a lot of um, success driven mentalities is, you know, this idea of embracing pain, embracing suffering. Um, it's something I really believe in. It's one of the reasons why, just from an ideological perspective, why I think Christianity, you could make an argument that Christianity is the best religion because um, the axis of Christianity is suffering. You know, that, that's the symbol that defines our religion is a cross, which is a symbol of suffering and pain. And the idea that at the axis, of, the cross is like the axis of the entire, of our entire religion, how the Messiah um, took on the sins of the world, cl cleansed those who will believe from their sins. And because of his suffering, now you get to um, in enjoy a relationship with God. And Christianity admonishes people all along the way 
to um, embrace suffering. You know, was it, it's like that passage in Second Peter, I think it is, first or Second Peter, is like, do not be surprised um, about suffering as though something strange were happening to you. You know, right? Or even the picking up your cross daily. <laughs> yeah, that too. You know. You know. Yeah. So. So I you know I I it's funny that you say that because. Um, I never really looked at it that way, but it's true, huh? Yeah. Because you think about Buddhism, like what's the, what's the central theme of Buddhism? It's um, in, in, inner peace. I would, or you think about Mormonism, what's the central theme of Mormonism? Family. Um, like naming your religion, Islam. What's the central theme of Islam? It's um, ex expanding your empire is how I would define it. Um, being high a high level of moral commitment and expanding your empire um christianity suffering that, to me that's the axis of christianity and um so and, and i'm it's the only religion that does that and, and that is a very very it's the most valuable ethic that you can have obviously having good ethics and morals and having a success mentality all those kind of things like that doesn't save you doesn't you know, um, doesn't guarantee that you have a relationship with God that you're going to heaven. Um, but I think, like, you know, for people who who are, are lost without a religion, there's a lot of collateral benefits to being a child of God. I think that's one of them. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but let's see. Well, that's good. So I think this has been a good dry run. So now you'll play it back. Yeah. And you'll be able to, okay. Yeah. So it's it's all being saved on basically on this company, their server basically. Like they store all the data, and then I can go back and edit it. So I'll probably I'm gonna try to like do like a little bit of an intro, edit it a little, not edit the conversation, but um, just have like an intro basically, and like maybe like an opening song, and then that'll be it, and it'll just be a conversation. So. So, yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. Then let's talk this week and then we'll figure out the best uh, time. You know, that this, if, because if we can record it like this Saturday morning, it might be good. Yeah. I, I'd be totally okay with that. So, me too. Me too. All right. So, well, good, good talking to you. Um, yeah. Thanks. This is going to be fun. Yeah. I'm looking forward more, to it. The more we talk, the more I'm getting into it. Good. Good. Yeah. So, you know, I, and because I, uh, I Go ahead. I, I just think we have a good thing going and I think it'd be, I think other people should uh, get to share it. You know? <laughs> I think we should, you know? So, so perfect. All right. Thanks, Curtis. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. Have a good week. All right. I'll talk to you a couple days. All right. Sounds good. Bye.